at Seattle Mennonite Church this morning. It is good to have you. It is good to have those of you who are visiting with us. Uh, we know we do have a few visitors and you are welcome to introduce yourself through the chat this morning. We're, we're very glad to be able to welcome new friends and uh, new friends and old friends and grateful for the advantage of Zoom to be able to do that. This is the Sunday in September when, if we were gathering in person, we would be calling it our in-gathering worship service. So this is our ungathering worship service. It is our inspiring worship service. We're celebrating the scripture from Genesis today in which God breathes life into the first human. And we trust that God's spirit is with us, breathing in us, inspiring us, and connecting us and building community and the body of Christ in us. We usually would be blessing our backpacks and welcoming people back from vacations and blessing the work and life that we have each day in the world. And though we're not gathered in person, uh, we are blessed by God's spirit. Um, we are doing the thing that is be has become a tradition for us in the past few years, and that is we're returning to the, to the narrative lectionary in worship. We're going back to the beginning of God's story in scripture, back to the creation of the first human, the creation of the earth, and that in-breathing, inspiring moment in which humanity and the earth began by God's breath. It is also a tradition among us to name and acknowledge that we are worshiping wherever we are on Duwamish or on, we're not all on Duwamish land. Most of us are though. Those of us who are here in Seattle are on the land of the Duwamish people. Uh, still here, here before any of us were here, uh, here before state and country and still living and thriving as best as they can during this time. Uh, and I encourage you to Check out their gala fundraiser on October 10th. Uh, you can register now and uh, then join for that time of support and storytelling. This year, of course, virtually. Last year, uh, it would be in person and hopefully it will be in person again. Let's continue our worship and gather ourselves in song, Michael. Uh, Michael has blessed us with being able to um, share some of his music uh, recorded and therefore in harmony. So this is a song from South Africa, and um, there's five parts to it. You can pick any part you want. Um, I'm singing two of the parts, and then the instruments, uh, I, I played all the different parts uh, on different instruments, so you can pick out what you want to sing along with. to God. Come, bring your burdens to God. Come, bring your burdens to God, for Jesus will never say no. Come, bring your burdens to God. will never say Jesus no. will never say come bring 
your burdens to God. Bring your burdens. Come, bring your come, burdens. Bring your burdens. Jesus will never say no. Jesus will never say no. For our call to worship this morning, the response of the people will be, inspire us with your spirit, God, and Pastor Megan will be leading that part. We come before God, creatures of earth and breath, gathering as God's people to receive life. Inspire us with your spirit, God. We come before God, creatures of dust and wind, gathering in God's presence to be made new. Inspire us with your spirit, God. We come before God as God's own, gathered in the presence of the one whose hands shaped us, whose holy wind brings us to life. Inspire us with your spirit, God. Each week we light our peace candle to acknowledge that we both witness to and participate in God's, God's vision for a just peace for all of creation. And today, again, creation is groaning and all of creation. I know that last week, uh, Jonathan too prayed for the earth and for our climate. And though they were named in prayer last week, I don't think we can pray too fervently or too often in confession in the ways that we've been a part of the warming of the earth in the ways that we've been complicit in contributing to the heat and the fire and also in longing and desperate longing for the fires in our state and all along the West Coast and especially in Oregon and California for a well to to a well to surge up and quench those fires and together we pray we long for a just peace we pray for a just peace and we choose to live for a just peace Peace be with you, and also with each of you. Uh, I noticed in Ori's Zoom call this week, or uh, Microsoft Teams, I should say, in kindergarten, as kindergartners are using their, starting to learn their virtual skills, they've learned this sign as the I agree with you sign. So I just I heard mean, Naomi. You know they can hear you, right? Okay. Naomi also learned this for her for virtual uh, agreement. No, is there like all classes? Um, no, it's on record. Is that right? And uh, good morning, Dan. I'm going to just mute you. Welcome to worship. But this morning, I, I'm reading, bringing this book called When God Was a Little Girl. Um, 
maybe God was in kindergarten, learning projects and creativity. Um, this book echoes uh, the creation story that we'll hear in a minute. It's sort of a mashup of the creation stories. It's a creative reinterpretation of how God created. Go around here. Tell me a story, Daddy. It was a long car ride from Madison, Wisconsin to Decorah, Iowa, and a good story helped the miles fly by. What kind of story? Um, tell me a story about when God was a little girl, she announced, her eyes twinkling with this divine little twist. Okay, when God was a little girl, she liked art projects. Art projects, Susanna echoed in delight from the back seat. Yes, art projects. She liked to do art projects just like you do, which is a good thing because that's how the world came to be. Really? Really, let me tell you about it. In the beginning, there was only God. Nothing else was made yet. Daddy, wait, was God lonely? Lonely, let's see. When you're lonely, do you smile and giggle? No. Then I don't think God was lonely because already before anything was made, she was giggling. Giggling? Yep, giggling, because she was imagining all the things she was going to make and her imagination tickled her heart the way a feather tickles your ear. Then her giggling quieted to a soft hum as she got ready to create. I bet she's gonna sing. Exactly, she started out humming so the tune would be just right when she sang the first word. And as she sang each word, it was like she dipped her brush in paint, just like me. And whatever she sang, she could see as clearly as when you paint me a picture. And the first word she sang, softly but very clear, was love. And the love looked like mm, darkness. It was all dark. Ah, midnight blue, the color of the sky in the middle of the night and the deepest blue you can imagine, even darker than black. Why do you think love was that color? Because, Daddy, that's just like love. It's there even when you can't see it. Love always finds you in the darkness, and when, you hold, and when it holds you close, you know you're home. That's beautiful, darling. So before anything else was made, there was love, love like deep, dark blue that has always been there. Yep, love was what God felt when she was giggling, and love was the first color God painted when she sang. Next, God sang so loud, she almost startled herself. Light! And the bright yellow and white went splashing everywhere. Rushing like sunshine through the, wind through the windshield, so bright you can hardly see. So bright that even God had to squint. So she took a brush of the light, a bunch of the light, and rolled it into a ball and threw it up in the sky. 
So <clears throat> singing, sun. Then she took another bunch of light and made another ball. And when she tossed this one into the sky, she sang its name like the sound of a lullaby. Moon. And then Susanna, God got out the glue. The glue. Yes, and the glitter, because after the two big balls of light, mostly all that was left were little bits of shining light here and there, so God squeezed out some glue onto her paper, except her paper was sky, and she tossed the glitter bits up, glitter bits up until they stuck in twinkling patterns all across the sky. Stars! Yes, and that's just how she sounded when she sang their name to them. God sang lots of words for a long time. She sang earth and cold grays and warm browns and hot reds painted rocks and dirt and sand. Oh, and God sang water and she laughed out loud because all kinds of blue were splashing around and making big and small puddles everywhere. God sang green. And the earth and water and sun and love, they all danced together while God sang. And the green was like the sunflower seeds and the bean seeds you helped me plant in the garden. God grew grass and bushes and trees and flowers of every color. God grew a great big garden, just like we do. Just like we do. It was very pretty picture God painted, don't you think? Yes. What do you suppose she did next? I don't know. Yes, you do. What do you do when you make pictures? I give them to you. And that's just what God did. God made someone to share the pictures with. Someone who could giggle next to God at how pretty everything was. Who? Us. God took some earth. She found the nicest, softest smelling, nicest smelling earth. The earth that comes from plants when they turn back into dirt. And she called this earth humus. And she rolled the humus between her fingers, just like when you play with clay. So then she smiled and giggles and made humus beings, bunch of, bunches of them. And each one was a little different. Some were the colors of deep, dark dirt. Some looked like the pale sand on the beach. Some were boys and some were girls. Some were taller, some were shorter, some were thin, some were round. And God thought they all looked just right. And she sang to them that they were human beings. Then God set them in a big circle and asked, what do you think? They all looked at the garden and at each other and they said, this is good. And do you know what God said? What? God said, thanks, but I'm not done singing yet. And while the human beings watched wide-eyed, God sang. I know, and her song painted every type of animal. And then she said, with a big grin, you can't have a party without lots of company. And she invited the human beings to help her, saying, now it's your turn to sing. Your special job in the garden is to be echoes of me. I made my animals with singing. You get to name them with your singing. And then God explained, this is how you become friends with everything in the garden. See, it's a great big song. When you name each animal and the plants too, you can hear how they all fit the notes together. So all afternoon, God listened while the human beings sang names to every plant and animal in the garden. 
and learned the great big song that mixed all the notes together. It sounded like the rainbow. The rainbow? The rainbow, Daddy, because they all named each animal. The words fit together, just like the colors in the rainbow. They made the whole picture look most beautiful. And as the sun set, God yawned, as little girls do when they're tuckered out by big art projects. And she said, let's all take a nap. We'll have a party tomorrow. And so they did. And that's what happened when God was a little girl. Daddy, oh, did you, did it really happen like that? It sure did. It always happens just like the stories say, even when the stories tell it differently every time. Daddy, came a sleepy voice from behind me. I love you. I love you too, Susanna. I love you too. We pulled up to the house and as I carried this sleeping bundle of trust inside, I whispered in her ear, and Susanna, when God was a little girl, that's what she said to each of us before the party began. She said, I love you. God made us to be little echoes of the giggles that she felt already before there was anything at all. And when, she, and when we live as the echo of God, we say, I love you right back to her and to everyone else, just like I did to you. And from somewhere in her dreams, a little voice smiled up to me and said, I know, Daddy, that's why I asked you to tell me a story. So there's that echo, that me too, I feel the same way too, an echo of God. Please join us in singing Spirit Working in Creation. Spirit working in creation, bringing order out of strife. Come among God's gathered people, giving harmony and life. Spirit, breathe on the disciples, giving peace where there was fear. Come among us, touch us, and us, making Jesus' presence near. Spirit, wind and flame empowering, healing sweetness to the lost. Come unite, renew your wonders, give us a new Pentecost. Praise and glory, Holy Spirit, for your love on us outpoured. Giving honor to Creator, breathing life into the world. As I said before, the story this morning is back to the beginning, the beginning of uh, the creation of the earth. This story from Genesis 2 and Genesis 3, some excerpts from those two chapters. Uh, and the name for God that I'll be using is the Hebrew name for God, Adonai Elohim, in this passage. 
These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created. In the day that Adonai Elohim made the earth and the heavens, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for Adonai Elohim had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was no one to till the ground, but a stream would rise up from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. Then Adonai Elohim formed a human from the dust of the ground and breathed into their nostrils the breath of life, and the human became a living being. Adonai Elohim took the human and put them in the Garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And Adonai Elohim commanded the human, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat of it, you shall die. And then after this, because God saw that the, the, the human was lonely, God gave the human animals and created animals and asked the human, human to name them, sort of like in the children's time that I read. But the animals weren't adequate companions to the human. So God created from the one human, two people, man and a woman. And now the scripture continues. Now the serpent, serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals that Adonai Elohim had made. The serpent said to the woman, did God say that you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desired to make one wise, she took its fruit and she ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. They heard the sound of Adonai Elohim walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze and they made the man and his wife uh, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Adonai Elohim among the trees of the garden. For the word of God in scripture for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> we are, as Pastor Amy already noted, back at the beginning. We are starting up with the narrative lectionary again this Sunday, and um, we're in Genesis now. And the narrative lectionary takes us through the narrative arc of the whole biblical text. And so we will be on a journey through that text all the way until Pentecost uh, next spring. Um, so this is the beginning and we're only getting started and making our way through. So our creation story this morning, and there are a couple of creation stories in the Genesis text and we got a portion of Genesis 2, the second chapter of Genesis, which is the second of the two creation stories. 
Our creation story this morning is a story of relationships. It is a story of relationships and interconnection. First of all, the human one, the first human, is created out of the earth, out of the dust, out of the soil. Um, in fact, we often call that first human Adam. This is not new to many of you, but that Hebrew word Adam is directly from the Hebrew word Adama, which means dirt, earth, soil. The first human is literally an earthling or a dirt creature or a soil one. <laughs> we are created of the earth. The second relationship is with plants. Humans are created for the plants. We heard in the creation story this morning from Genesis that there were no plants on the earth for two reasons, because there was not yet rain and because there was no one to till the soil. Well, when that one is created, when that earth creature, human one, is created, God places that earth creature in the garden among the plants. So humans are of the earth and for the plants. The third relationship is with one another. We are created to be intrinsically connected with other humans. The very first not good thing about creation, at least in the chapter one version of the creation story, the first not good thing is that the human is alone. And so God creates animals, none of which prove to be an adequate companion. And so from the one, God makes two. And then we have our very first human to human relationship for companionship, for community, for connection. Humans are created of the earth for the plants, intrinsically connected to one another. The fourth relationship in this creation story is, of course, with God. God, the one who creates the earth one, the soil creature, the dirt creature, with God's hands. In fact, um, in our story this morning, we heard that God formed the human from the dust of the earth. And that word formed in Hebrew is the verb form of the noun potter. Potter, artist, sculptor, maker, creator. God forms, sculpts, molds, shapes, creates, intimately as a potter does with clay, intimately forms the dirt creature. And then that dirt creature only becomes a living being after the breath, after God animates that dirt, dirt creature with spirit breath, with the spirit of life, with the Holy Spirit, with the sacred breath. God animates, inspires, which is why we our in-gathering Sunday has become our inspiring Sunday. Inspires. So humans are of the earth for the plants. 
intrinsically connected to one another and intimately sculpted by God and given life through the breath of God. Our creation story is one of relationship and of deep interconnectedness, deep interconnectedness, right at the very beginning, right at the seedling of life on this planet. There is deep interconnectedness with earth, with all that grows on the earth, with each other, and with God, Adonai Elohim, sculptor and life breather. And then almost as quickly as there is relationship and deep interconnectedness, there is fracturing. By the end of chapter three, and we only heard a portion of chapter three this morning, but by the end of chapter three, all of those relationships that were so carefully and intimately crafted in chapter two will be upended. There is a fracturing of that deep interconnectedness that was our birthright, that was our first and our truest and our deepest and our most primal inheritance. That is the core of who we are. And by the end of chapter three, there is fracturing. Oh, and fracturing. <laughs> that is something we know. It is something we know. I have never been a part of a human community without fracturing. And there are times in human community where fracturing seems to be the only thing that we can see or feel or know, where it's so palpable. And here I am preaching on this story of relationship and interconnectedness and fracturing when I literally can't step outside because of the hazardous air conditions outside my window. The hazardous air conditions due to wildfires, some of which are even closer to where some of you are. Wildfires running rampant with their destruction, wildfires made more and more extreme in more recent years because of the changing of our climate, the changing of our climate because of human disconnectedness with our earth and all that grows on it. There is fracturing, we know that fracturing. And so is there any any hope at all? Is there any good word for us out of this creation story of relationship and almost immediate fracturing? I hope so. I would like to think so. I'm going to explore it a little bit here. I was listening to my, some of my favorite biblical commentators this week, uh, back to my Bible Worm podcast. Some of you who have heard my preaching last year and Amy's preaching already know you've heard about Bible Worm. And one of the commentators this week, after sitting with this text and reflecting and being in conversation about it, said, you know, Eden was never going to work. <laughs> it was never going to work. There was this delight for the eyes tree right smack dab in the middle 
of the garden with the tastiest, most beautiful fruit imaginable that was off limits. And there was a serpent in the garden. Design flaw? I don't know, that's probably heresy. Probably shouldn't say that. Design flaw? <laughs> There's this tree in the middle that is, uh, it's irresistible. And there's a serpent in the garden. Eden was never gonna work as this idyllic place. Humans, these earth creatures inspired with God's spirit were always going to reach for more. They were always going to long to be connected and long to know and they reached for um, that moral consciousness and awareness that came with eating the fruit. We are now the only creature self-conscious of our own mortality. And my goodness, isn't that blessing and burden at the same time. Eden wasn't ever gonna work with humans as just sort of highly developed squirrels who blithely tend their garden. <laughs> humans were always going to reach for more. And so that helps me to see the fracturing not as failure, but as just the way it is. It's amazing in the story how quickly that fracturing turns to shame. So the humans hide in shame. They hide in shame from the God who created them, who sculpted them like a potter, who breathed into their nostrils. They hide because they are ashamed of the fracturing. So here's where I wanna play with some good news from this story for us and our experience of fracturing. I wonder if we can set aside the shame for all the fracturing that we experience in human community with the earth, with the things that are growing on the earth, with God, with all those initial and primal relationships that we have if we could step out of the shame and instead accept the fracturing as something that is, it's not something that we have to feel failure around, then I think that on any day or in any moment of any given day, when we can claim or reclaim our birthright of deep interconnectedness, then we may be part of the healing. I think on any day or in any moment of any given day, we have the option to eschew shame about the fracturing and instead claim this even deeper truth that is true alongside the fracturing that we are indeed of the earth for the plants, intrinsically connected to one another, sculpted by, inspired by Adonai Elohim, our God, our creator, our potter, our maker. That is deeply true. So the hope that I see, the hope that I offer is in the midst of the fracture, not, not despite it. I mean, I, I have cedar boiling right now on my stovetop because John read that boiling cedar can help with the air quality. 
and some menthol oil in there too to help with the irritation that I feel right now in my eyes and in the back of my throat and in my chest. So my goodness, this day of all days, we can feel palpably the fracture. It's here. There's no way around it. In the midst of this fracture, anytime we can claim or reclaim that deep interconnectedness, which is our deepest and truest, most primal birthright, then perhaps we can also be part of the healing. So I invite you, you who are of the earth and for the plants and intrinsically connected to one another, sculpted by your God and animated, inspired by your God to join me in claiming that truth any moment that we can so that we can be part of the healing. May it be so. This is a, a Bruce Coburn song that really spoke to me. I was going to play it play something else actually. And then I uh, remember this song and it just seemed really appropriate for what we're experiencing. And um, I didn't know how good my connection was. So I, I pre-recorded it. But Planet of the Clowns by uh, Bruce Coburn, but it's me singing and playing. Staring to the moonlight Silver fingers press my eyes Probing in my heart With longing These footprints by the sea's edge Disappearing grain by grain Lose their form but keep their substance As the waves roar on the beach Like a squadron of F-16s Heaven flow like the better days they say this world has seen government by outrage hunger camps and shanty towns dignity and love still holding This blue-green ball in black space Filled with beauty even now Battered and abused And lovely As the waves roar on the beach like a squadron of F-16s Heaven flow like the better days They say this world has seen Each one in their own heart 
desperate to know where we stand. Planet of the clouds in wet shoes. Planet of the clouds in wet shoes. Planet of the clouds in wet shoes. Thank you, Michael. <clears throat> On this inspiring Sunday, we get to celebrate some of the really wonderful earth creatures animated by God's spirit who have said yes to um, being part of the leadership in this congregation. Those of you who are part of the congregation have been for a while um, know that we start this in the spring and we invite all of you to participate and many of you did by sharing your sense of particular folks' giftedness. Um, and we are grateful for that. And uh, today we get to see who has said yes. So here we go. We're gonna start with spiritual leadership team. Spiritual leadership team stays attentive to how God is at work in the congregation and seeks to align our ministries with God's vision and call. And SLT leads the congregation, our ongoing practice of spiritual discernment and serves as our governing body. We say thank you and farewell to Rebecca Allen, who has served as our congregational chair for these three years. Thank you, Rebecca. And we say thank you and farewell to Samuel Darlene, who's been our treasurer, Melissa Kelly, who was our rep to Discipleship Council, and Christy Darlene. We are grateful for each one of you. And we welcome Greg as our new congregational chair, Jacob Llewellyn as our new treasurer, and Elizabeth and Pat, who have joined SLT. Welcome. For Discipleship Council, we say thank you and farewell to, again, Melissa, who was serving on both Discipleship and SLT, and Susanna and Brian. And we welcome, uh, oh, who do we welcome? We welcome Heidi Sosapadia and Julie Van Pelt, who are joining the work of this council. On stewardship, we say thank you and farewell to Samuel once again, who was our treasurer and so also served on stewardship, to Marion and to David Lindquist, who have cycled off of their terms. And we welcome once again, Jacob as our treasurer and rep to SLT, Emily Gertz, who has stepped right into the role of chair. Thank you, Emily, and also Rachel Miller. Grateful to have you join those who are staying on. Just Peace Council, we say thank you and farewell 
to Greg Thiessen, who was chairing Just Peace Council, but as I've already mentioned, we're grateful to have him stepping into the role of church chair. We say farewell to Kat, who moved on from Seattle, to Emily Headings, and also to Darren Kellogg. Thank you for your years of service. And we say welcome to Nia and to Cal, who have newly joined those who have stuck around with council. Welcome. And we also welcome Candace in her new role as chair. Congregational care team, we had everyone stick around. Huzzah! <laughs> and we say welcome to Rex. Rex, who is joining the um, members of congregational care team. Glad to have you. Our service and education committee, uh, which offers grants for doing service and education grants for Mennonite institutions, loans for high school, undergraduate, and seminary. Laura Schlebaugh has stepped into the role of chair, for which we are grateful. We're glad for Emily and Ron, who joined this committee. And we say gratitude and farewell to Brenda, who was our chair, and Sarah Crable Burkhalter. Thank you for your years of service. And the Camp Camrick Board. We are grateful for the continued service of Carl and for Miles Brown having discerned a yes and joining the work of this board. The two of them will serve as our designated directors to the board. Emily Gertz also continues to serve on the board of Camrick as their treasurer. And we say thank you to Andy Royce for his many years of service on the board. So here we are at Joint Councils just this week, meeting by Zoom. I want to say thank you to the leaders for sharing your gifts and yourselves with us. We are grateful and we commission you to this work. Earth creatures for the plants interconnected with one another, sculpted and breathed into by God, our, our sculptor and our creator and our maker. Thank you for saying yes, and we offer a blessing for your work. Our leadership groups are one of those places where we come in the midst of fracturing in order to claim and to reclaim our deepest inheritance as interconnected beings in relationship with one another, with this earth and with God. And so we bless each one of you and we bless the work of these leadership groups. Amen and amen. That's very encouraging to see. Thank you, Megan. Let's continue in a spirit of prayer, uh, reminding you that uh, I'll be turning to the chat at a certain point. Um, so feel free to add your prayers to that. God of breath and wind, God of earth and mud, Breathe into our dry and lifeless bodies and help us to live anew. In these days of hot fear and raging anxiety, spring up a gush of cleansing calm and healing and restoration over the earth. Where real fires are raging, we ask for a blessing of protection and care for those losing life and property. We hold before you especially our kindred congregations in Pacific Northwest Mennonite Church. 
families from Ministerios Restauración from Roca de Salvación have been evacuated from the Riverside Fire in Clackamas County, and many in the Willamette Valley are struggling with poor air quality this week. Walk into the fire with firefighters and rescue personnel. Walk out of the fire with those who flee, breathe in those for whom smoke and poor air quality put their health at risk. Sit with those who have lost beloved ones or who are injured. We continue to hold Beth Miller-Crable in prayer as she makes her way home from Indiana after memorializing her mother, Ellen. Be with Beth and Ken, Sarah and Jacob and their whole family as they experience grief in different ways. With Rita, we pray, thankful for a negative COVID test, but to be present in new diagnosis of anemia. Bring wholeness and relief to Rita as she experiences symptoms and seeks wellness and healing. We hold before you also our teachers and students. We give thanks for the creativity and ingenuity teachers are showing and pray for strength and energy as they continue to try to bring meaningful learning to their students. For students, we pray for patience and understanding as they engage in new tools. Fill all our students and teachers with your care and your spirit of wisdom. Turning now to the chat. Praying a blessing on Mike O'Leary on his birthday today. Peace be with you, Mike. We are praying with Weldon uh, for Murphy Davis, for her health and healing, and Ed Loring and their family in Baltimore, Maryland, formerly of Atlanta, in the Open Door community. Praying with Isaac for his cousin Joe who is recovering from coronavirus. Praying with Jean. Keeping her business partner's mother who lives in Medford. Um, and is with stage four lung cancer. Keep her safe from the fires that surround her. Praying with Sylvia Shirk for her friend Rebecca, recovering from COVID-19 in Lima, Peru. In celebration with Elizabeth on the blessing of her son, Philip, who is celebrating his 37th birthday tomorrow. We hold all of these prayers, both shared and those which remain in our minds and hearts for which words are hard to come by. And ask that spirit and breath would breathe into us now, that we would be enlivened to the presence of the Sacred One and Holy Spirit, that we may be filled with life, 
towards a renewed life and a renewed world. Amen. Amen. We are grateful for all of the gifts that each of us bring to our congregation, monetary and otherwise. And of course, we're grateful for the technological means to be able to collect those gifts digitally. Today, I particularly name and guess and bless the gifts of time and skill that our volunteers and leadership are offering and also on a blessing on the many other ways that people give of themselves, whether that's sending greeting cards or delivering meals or making quilts or caring for children. We pray for all the ways that all of you are making and um, continuing to build relationships within community. So many acts of connecting and care. I give thanks and bless the work of all of our hands. Uh, and our closing song uh, is We Will Walk With God Again um, by Michael via audio share. And I'll just say that we're gonna, uh, oh, two things. One, um, Lisa and I are singing all the parts and I just wanted to give a shout out to Lisa because she did such a nice job on this one. And that we're gonna sing uh, We Will Walk With God Together you will walk with God each time. All right. We will walk with God together. We will walk with God. We will walk with God together. We will walk with God.
And now receive this benediction. Go from here as human ones. Go in relationship to the one who shaped you, to the plants and to the soil, to each other and to each one among us. And may God continue to breathe in you and inspire you now and always. Amen. And go in peace.